Good afternoon. Welcome to the weekly livestock market update. I'm Brownfield anchor reporter Megan Grubner. With us to talk all things markets, as always, is University of Missouri Scott Brown. Good afternoon, Scott. Good afternoon, Megan. As we get things started today, we have a ton of reports. It's been a big week for the USDA. But before we get into that information, let's recap what happened this week in the markets. Yeah, on the cattle side of the equation this week, uh, live cash cattle were $1.50 higher. Those feeder cattle markets were mostly steady to $5 lower for the week. On the future side, the October live cattle futures contract closed up about 40 cents, uh, while the October feeder cattle futures contract closed down about $1.70. On the beef side, choice box beef prices were about a dollar higher this week. Uh, while we look uh, at the hog side of the equation, uh, strong uh, markets this week on hogs with uh, cash barrel and gilts up $4.25 on the week. The October lean hog futures contract was also up strong, up $5.25 on the week. The pork cutout value gained $6.20. You know, that now puts it uh, almost $20 over where it was a year ago at this time. And strength in hams and bellies uh, certainly led the way, but we had strength across the board this week in those pork cutout components. It definitely was uh, a nice surprise this week to see, uh, especially the cash hogs, take a, a big move up again. Uh, something that's definitely needed right now. Yeah, for sure. And it, it, it's providing some opportunity for folks to look uh, longer term at, at some uh, risk management strategies, I would say, just given where we are. And again, I'm not uh, calling for a top in the market unnecessarily, but uh, a chance to lock in some profitability that maybe we would have struggled with a month or so ago. Let's talk a little bit about slaughter as we take a look at those numbers. Uh, an increase on both the cattle and hog side on slaughter numbers this week. Yeah, that's correct, Megan. Uh, 651,000 head of cattle estimated by USDA for this week. Uh, that's uh, nine-tenths of a percent above where we were uh, last week. So, you know, good news there. On the hog side, uh, 2.627 million head slaughter for the week. Uh, that's uh, almost 2% higher than where we were a week ago on the hog side. So both of those uh, need to stay strong as we uh, finish the year, but uh, in, in the right direction for us. I definitely, and we're going to talk a little bit more, especially on the hog side of things in, in that slaughter situation as we get into the hogs and pigs report. But do we get nervous as we get into this last quarter of the year, knowing that shackle space is always pressured anyway, and we've got, we still are working through this backlog of hogs in the production system? A absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think you can look at where we're headed this last quarter, and we've got to get some kill weeks of I don't know, 2.75 or so to kind of feel like we're breaking even and not backing hogs up. So um, we're, we're certainly not there with these uh, weekly slaughter numbers that we're talking about now, but we traditionally uh, grow in this last quarter on, on the slaughter side. So I, I always go nip and tuck, but it looks like maybe we're going to sneak through, uh, get given uh, what we have coming, but uh, let's sure not hope we get any slowdowns at this point. And that's definitely something that we'll continue to keep an eye on as we uh, move through the last few months of the year. All right, let's get into these USDA reports. Let's start with um, cold storage numbers and uh, what we have there. Yeah, so by, you know, by and large, we got good uh, numbers out of cold storage. If you look at uh, cold storage stocks of red meat and poultry at the end of August, uh, 2.34 billion pounds. That's actually 7.4% lower than where we were a year ago uh, in, in terms of those uh, total meat supplies and, and storage. Pork kind of led the way, actually, which it's, to, to me, a little surprising just given how strong production has been running uh, 
we're, we're down uh, about 250 million pounds of pork ending stocks uh, relative to year ago levels. Beef also down relative to a year ago, not nearly as much as uh, we saw on the pork side, but uh, by and large, you know, it has to point to some fairly good demand, both domestically and internationally, I suppose, uh, as, as we talk about a drawdown uh, in stocks in the face of what's been growing production. Which leads us to our livestock slaughter report also out this week. And uh, kind of an interesting take as you look at the, the, the numbers in comparison. Yeah, that's right. We look at the, the beef side of the equation and, and, and you look at total cattle slaughter. It's, uh, and, and this is year to date, uh, so through August of this year. We're down 4.3% in terms of cattle slaughter year to date. Uh, yet, we talk about dressed weights up 23 pounds or up nearly 3%. So that leaves us a net situation where beef production year to date is only down 1.3 as those heavier weights uh, certainly mute the effects of, of what's been lower cattle slaughter. On the hog side of the equation, uh, hog slaughter is now 2% above a uh, year ago levels when you look through August of this year relative to a year ago. Uh, and, and on top of that, we also have higher hog weights, uh, up only two pounds a year to date, yet that's uh, an, another 0.9%. You combine those together, pork production up 2.9% uh, year to date here in the U.S. Knowing our production, at least on the pork side, it is not going to slow. It doesn't look like any time in, in the near future. Do we really take a close look on this shift and what the global pork supply and demand picture looks like, knowing what's been going on with Germany and uh, Asian countries blocking imports because we don't know how long that's going to last uh, for U.S. pork? Yeah, so I, I, I will keep saying domestic supplies do nothing but push down on the outlook for prices in my mind. And I don't, I don't mean to say that in too much of a negative context, but we're going to continue to see growing supplies. And if you didn't have stronger demand, I think that gives us lower prices. So there's downside risk yet. All of a sudden we have this demand expectation that we likely will get some export markets as uh, Germany shut out of some of those markets because of ASF issues there. We don't know how that plays out at the end of the day yet. Um, that the more it spreads in Germany, the, the more likely that's a long-term uh, trade effect. If, if it blows over and they only end up with ASF and some wild boars and they somehow don't see that spread into the domestic industry, then, then maybe some of the price strength we've been seeing won't uh, materialize as we get closer to, to some of those months. All right, let's talk hogs and pigs as we take a look at the report that came out yesterday. Before we get into the surprises, <laughs> and the nuggets that we need to pull out of there. Let's recap overall what we saw in the USDA's quarterly hogs and pigs report. Yeah, if you start at the breeding uh, side, so came in at 98.5% uh, on um, breeding inventory. Uh, that was slightly at the high end of the, the estimate. Uh, pig crop uh, June through August at 96.6, uh, also a little high. But, but I think when you look at the by weight uh, hog inventories, uh, the, the ones that uh, stick out, uh, so the 120 to 179 came in at 106.1, uh, greater than 180 come in, came in at 109.8, uh, tells us we've got a lot of hogs that we're still dealing with if, uh, if you buy those uh, numbers from USDA. 
I think if the if you buy those numbers is kind of the takeaway from a lot of folks as they took a, take a look at this report. How concerning is it as we see uh, the number of heavyweight hogs uh, continue? Yeah. So, um, if, if again, if you buy if you buy those numbers, it tells me we still have a lot of of market ready hogs uh, in some places in the U.S. Uh, ready ready to go to market and. We're only slowing, slowly working through some of the backlog. And in, in fact, it, it tells me that USDA is telling us that uh, many of us uh, on the export front would be underestimating what that backlog still looks like. Our ability to stop or slow uh, hog growth, I, I, I think under the scenario that you see with these kind of numbers, you'd have to have stopped the growth. Uh, it tells me we've got a lot of finishing facilities that are pretty full at this point. Uh, again, if you believe the numbers uh, that, that we have out of USDA. And when you realize the average pre-report estimate, uh, we'll take the greater than 180, uh, was 102.6, and we came in at 109.8. Uh, tells you we're a long ways away from the average uh, guess uh, pre-report. So my other question is, does it put question into the amount of hogs in that possibly were euthanized as well? Do we, because we don't have a grasp of that number uh, really in a big picture? So I, potentially, I think you're right, Megan. Um, and, and it's, so it's always been the big question, right? So how many hogs do we really euthanize at the end of the day? And we know we euthanized hogs, no question about it. Um, I, I just, again, maybe we didn't do as many as we would have thought. and and. But when you look, we only anecdotally know the data that's that's available. It's hard to get a good estimate. I, I always remind us all the time that euthanizing hogs comes at a cost. There, there's a there's a physical cost of getting rid of hogs, let alone the mental cost of, of doing that as well. And I think both those things make it extremely difficult for producers to pull the trigger to euthanize hogs. They don't do it until there's absolutely no alternative for them. One last question as it relates to hogs and pigs. Uh, you, no revisions from USDA in this report. Uh, surprised to see that, that statement or does it just leave it open that revisions could come down the line? So I was surprised to see no revisions. Um, it, and I say that because what a phenomenal time we've come through. And for USDA to say, hey, we've gotten all the reports correct up until that. And again, I don't, I don't want to speak poorly of USDA when I say that, but I wouldn't have wanted to be in their shoes trying to put together a hogs and pigs report in the middle of COVID-19, in the middle of what was hogs backed up, et cetera. That, that's a difficult job. I, I sometimes will quietly ponder to myself, you know, is this a chance to wait until they know more about what slaughter looks like uh, in the latter part of 2020 and in the early 2021 before making uh, further revisions. I just remind us until USDA finally locks those down and we get final estimates, you know, we're, we're frankly years away uh, from, from that happening. So we could see a lot of change. Um, I, so I don't, I, again, surprised, yes. Um, I'm just going to take kind of a wait and see attitude to see if we get some other uh, revisions. I will say, if you kind of look at um, what I've done back the envelope to say, what happened to hogs that disappeared. Uh, and, and I say that from June, and you might say disappeared equals euthanized, and I'm not really ready to say that. But when you look at hog slaughter and, and inventory by weight group, 
uh, we can kind of look at a residual number that blossomed a lot in the uh, previous report, which would have suggested several hogs were euthanized. That residual number has come back to much more normal uh, standards when you look at what we got out of the last report, which might mean um, they, yeah, we youth, we maybe euthanized some hogs in that last report, and, and it was properly in that kind of residual that I calculate. But but now we're back to more normal, if you will. All right, final report for us to talk about this week. Cattle on feed came out this afternoon. Um, really, everything was within pre-report estimates, but on that upper end of it. Yeah, so I kind of got a maybe it's lean this way to kind of get to the upper end of the report, which is kind of what we got today. So actual on feed September 1 uh, came in at 103.8. Uh, again, so that's not that far away from the midpoint of 103.4, but more on feed than we anticipated. Uh, placed in August probably surprised us more than anything coming in at 109.2. Uh, the, the range, uh, upper end range was uh, 110, so not outside the upper end, but, but getting close. Uh, when you look at the report, a uh, couple things in my mind. Uh, you look at the 900 plus categories, uh, really unchanged relative to your go, uh, the heaviest category down 10,000 head. T tells me maybe we're a little more current in terms of what's coming here, in terms of slaughter between the, uh, now and the end of the year, but that uh, Eight to eight ninety nine category up eighty two thousand head. I think that's the one that might uh, spill into early twenty twenty one with uh, more cattle than maybe we were anticipating early on. And maybe putting a little bit more pressure on prices as as we get into the start of twenty twenty one. Let's hope for strong demand to offset uh, what's going to be some maybe uh, more more beef than we might have anticipated. Everybody buy steaks <laughs> and hamburger and everything that you any kind of meat you need pork beef put it in your freezer. Grilling season lasts until January, right? That's that's really the plus season there. doesn't ever end in this house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Grilling. We're grilling all year long. I think my husband would be uh, a very sad camper if he could not <laughs> be grilling in the winter time. Yeah, that that's a that's a good thing. All right, Scott. That's it for us this week. As we look ahead to next week's reports, what are we watching? Well, it'll be a lot quieter for us than what we had to go through this week, but we'll get our restaurant performance index midweek and uh, finish the week with a jobs report. And I won't see you, I mean, I will see you next Friday, but I'll see you before then. We're launching our quarterly market outlook webinar series, and uh, you and I will be joined by rotating economists every quarter. Uh, this month or this quarter, we'll have David Widmar with Ag Economic Insights uh, and John Anderson with University of Arkansas. So we will see you on Wednesday morning. It'll be great. I look forward to it, Megan. <laughs> it will be. And if you haven't registered, go to our website, brownfieldagnews.com. There's a link uh, that'll take you right to the Zoom registration page, and we will see you, and you'll have a chance to ask questions and interact with our economist as well. And to have our weekly livestock market update delivered to your email box every Saturday morning, visit our website, brownfieldagnews.com. You can click subscribe. You can also submit questions and comments as well. And to check out all of those great Brownfield podcasts, visit brownfieldagnews.com slash podcast. Have a great weekend. Scott, you have a great weekend as well. You do the same, Megan. We'll see you next time. I'm Megan Grebner for Brownfield.